It, it, it amazes me. It amazes me. I, I sat one time years ago at a family reunion, and my great uncle was there, and he was had close to death it could be, and he didn't know all the people were there, and he, he trying to talk to his children about who certain people were, and he was asking about my brothers and sisters, who they were. And his children said, well, they are Irv's family. So my great uncle sat back, he said, that Irv, I never did like him. I got told when I was 12 years old and never went back and never talked to him. His children said, well, what'd you get mad about? He said, I don't know, but I didn't like him. <laughs> You know, that's the way so many people are today. See, when we talk about the story of Cain and Abel, Cain came and tried to blame Abel for everything wrong in his life. But what we fail to realize is that if we look through the Bible, Cain and Abel had the same education. They had the same upbringing. They knew what to expect. They both were, were brought up in a time when they knew that animals had to be slain in order for them to be clothed because of the sin of their parents uh, in eating of the, the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil and invoking that sin upon their lives and all of mankind. They knew all of those things. Cain knew those things from a child. And yet, when he became a man, he said, I can find a way that is easier. I can find a way that's simpler. I don't need to go and find me an animal. I, I can be different to my brother. I can go out and I've raised a great crop. God has blessed me greatly with what I have. This is the best that I have before me. So I'm going to give that to God. Didn't work. Sometimes today we give people a crutch. And we say, well, you know, they're doing the best they can with what they have. That's not good enough. He wasn't good enough for pain. Cain gave the best he could with what he had. Did God accept that? No, because it wasn't according to the word of God. They used to tell, they used to tell us growing up in church, you can, you can sing right, you can shout right, you can pray right, but when you get up, you better walk right. So many times we forget that. See, Cain, oh, I, I, I guess I can be... I can do my way. And, and so what he does, he takes on to his life that he is now a victim on all this. His brother's the problem. His brother's the one that caused the ought between him and God. It wasn't him. He goes to talk to his brother. We don't know what the conversation was, but we know the outcome of the conversation. So we can assume, based on the evidence that we have, that the conversation did not go well, and that the counsel of Abel was not heeded by Cain. Why? Because Cain was not looking for answers. He was looking for justification. David, uh, or not David, but the book of Job has a very important scripture so many times we forget. But when they went to counsel Job, and the Bible tells us they were not good counselors, but when they came to counsel Job, and Job saw how bad their counsel was and how it was uh, so far removed from what God had taught him. And when he looked at his counselors who were given the bad advice, who were trying to teach him the wrong way, Job had some very profound words. He said, thine old mouth can then be and not I. You know, I have found in 38 years of ministry that when people come to me 
and they want to hammer on a piece of scripture, and they want to hammer on a, on a doctrine, they've already been condemned to that in their life. They are looking for somebody to justify their beliefs because that's what they want to do. That's what Cain was looking for. Cain wasn't looking for answers. Cain wasn't looking for the best advice. How many times have you ever went to your spouse, went to your parents, maybe come to your pastors, and you asked them for some kind of guidance, but you've already made your mind up on what you're going to do? You've wasted your time. You know, you can come to me, and you can say, Brother Glenn, this is what I think we're going to do. This is what I think I, I need to do. This is what I think God's telling me. And I can try to tell you that it's not what the Bible says. It goes against what the Scripture says. And we can sit here and we can pray about it. We can pray about it all night. But you know what your answer is going to be when you get done praying? My word is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what Pastor John thinks on some issues. Because the Bible is very clear on where things stand. See, it's a shame Cain missed that in his life. It's a shame that Cain missed the mark of God and the call of God in his life all because he wanted to play a victim instead of doing the right thing. When was the last time you bore something in your life? When was the last time you took something in your life and you struggled with it and fought with it and wrestled with it and you tried to blame everybody else for it and when it came back, it was you were the problem. You know, in 38 years of ministries, I've had some disagreements. I've had some issues. I've had problems. 98% of those problems were a result of the man in the mirror. 98% of the problems that we bear the man in the mirror. It's not the people around us. See, I don't believe people are a victim of circumstance. I just refuse that argument. You can come here and give me all the statistics you want. You can tell me all the things that you believe, and that's fine. I don't believe in that. Because I believe that God placed within every man and every woman Enough within them. The Bible said there is given unto every man a chance to repent. And that every man has a measure of grace. That measure of grace that God has planted within every man, woman, and child is enough of a measure that gets you to salvation. There is nobody beyond that reach. The Bible said he's not a respecter of person. God didn't come down and give one grace to Abel and a different one to Cain. God didn't come down and, and, and try to divide the brothers by giving them different ways and different means. He gave them the same doctrine. He gave them the same basic teaching that the only way I could cover sin was through a blood sacrifice that God had ordained from the beginning of his time when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. There was no other doctrine. And so for Cain to sit back and say, well, God, I am a victim of the circumstances that you created. I'm a victim of the circumstances that my parents created. It doesn't work. People today struggle with so many things. I'm not going to disagree that people don't struggle with addictions and problems and issues. 
But I'm going to tell you there is enough within God to pull you up from where you are. My Bible says that God's able to save to the uttermost. When I pastored and preached down in Baltimore City for a number of years, I believe that God was able to save from the uttermost to the guttermost. I've seen people come in with addictions and problems and issues. And I've seen God do a work in their life and change them. You're not a victim of where you are. If you're playing the victim, you need to get on a different train. If you're playing the victim and say, oh, poor me, I can't get above the struggle. I can't get above the things that are in my life. I can't get above the things that, that weigh within me. My mother and father did this, and it has changed me. My mother and father raised me this way, and I can't get beyond that. Someone hurt me years ago, and I still carry that burden. If you're a victim of circumstance, then don't look for a pity party because God's not going to give you one. See, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I've read through many times. I've never seen where God was a democracy and said, hey, what do you think? God's never asked you what you thought. God's never even cared what you thought. You ever know that? Show me anywhere in the world, in the word, where God asked anybody, well, what do you think about this situation? It worked. Oh, we, we, we say, well, well, brother, things have changed. There's too many things to question nowadays. You know what the very first question in the Bible was? The very first question in the Bible was raised by Satan in the garden when he was the serpent and he went to beguile Eve and as he went, as he stood there and tempted Eve, he said, Hath God said? The very first question in the Bible dealt with the authority of the word of God. Now, did that question change it? No. That question never, it didn't change anything. Because even then, it, that, that as he questioned and tempted Eve with, with the word of God and Eve partake of that fruit, what happened? The Bible says their eyes were open. They, they saw sin for the first time. And as a part of that, Cain and Abel came in, knew what sin was, but yet Cain did not follow the word of God. Say, well, brother, I just don't know about that. As I said, God didn't ask him. God doesn't play that way. And you know why God doesn't do it that way? Because that takes it out of your hands and my hands. You know, ever since the 40s, if you look at, at church history, ever since the 40s, not only in church, but in society, we have seen a decline in the way uh, of the American lifestyle. Because in the, in the 40s, what happened? We went to war, and in that war, families were totally torn apart, which is bad enough. Young men lost their lives. That's bad enough. But we saw a disruption of the home because women went to work for the first time in a major way. And that was good. But what happened was, after the war, the soldiers came home, and now, it, 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 and I'm not going to be preaching against women's lips, so don't go that way, but I just want you to hear me half. After the war, what happened? The men came home, and the women wanted to continue to work. 
And as the women continue to work, they like their freedom. They like the, the ideas that they had. If you study through the history of World War II and after the war, you'll find that as, as, the, uh, as the women were working, they begin to take on the attributes of, of that their husbands had. After work, they go out for a few drinks. They go out and have a good time. They go try to relax. And so when their husbands came home from war, instead of going back to the happy little families they had, women continued on in doing what they were doing, and it disrupted home life. Lives were torn apart. Divorces began to soar. Parent, children growing up in one parent's home began to soar. And until in the 60s and 70s, a one-parent home became a norm. See, what in the 70s and 80s, we began to see the divorce rate being over 50%. And it all stems back to a change in society. As I said, I'm not saying those changes are wrong, but what I'm saying is we took the wrong attributes of those changes and we took the worst parts of them and let them destroy us. The church began to do the same thing. The church had to begin to accommodate all those changes and said, instead of the church taking the word of God and saying, this is what we believe, this is how we believe, this is the doctrines we found on the Bible, they begin to accommodate the changes of lifestyle and they begin to change their doctrines to fit the lifestyle of man and not the word of God. Nowhere in the Bible does God say we are to bring him down to us. We are to elevate man to him. See, bringing God down to us was already done by God when he sent Christ as a babe and then 33 years later sent him and put him on that cross. That was God bringing Christ and redemption down to man. It was now up to the church to bring man up to God. But instead, we downplayed all those things and we created all these this hassles and questions and all these things that encumbered our lives until we can't find the truth all because it's easier to find an easy way out and blame someone else instead of finding the truth and seeking God and coming God's way. That's what's happened. We've tried, we say we've done it to make it easier. How's it made it easier? I'll give you a challenge. Go home today and go get the, I think it's the 1828 or 1858 edition of the Webster's Dictionary. Look it up online. Look up the word law. And then pull up a modern dictionary and look up the word law. Let me do this real quick. We're running out of time. The word law under Webster in the first dictionary, one of the very first meanings was that it was a basis it was a basis of rules that were based on the Bible and the Ten Commandments. You go back and look at Black's Law Dictionaries that's established law in this country. The most cited source in that is the Bible. The most cited source besides Black's of all the founding fathers was the Bible. So in essence, the Bible is the most cited law reference to the findings of this country. But when we look at the dictionary today... One of the de definitions of law is a group, it's an a, a understanding that people establish in a group that they want to live by. Now, what does that, what changed there? There was no standard. 
So in essence, what that does, what it says, the two differences is that under the original definitions of law, it was based on the 66 books of the Bible and the Ten Commandments. The dictionary today will tell you that law can be defined as a belief system that a group of people come together and agree on to live by. Okay, well, doesn't that take in cannibalism? Aren't they allowed to live the way they want to live? He said, brother, that's stretching it. Not what the dictionary says. See, I say that for a reason. It's not according to what we think. I can't live my life the way I think. I got to live it the way the Bible says. Cain, when he rejected the way of God, he went out and killed his brother, tried to hide it. God called him out. Cain, where's your brother? First thing he does is denial. Am I, am I my brother's keeper? The Bible says he that hates his brother is the same as a murderer. Well, Cain was guilty on both parts. He hated his brother and he was a murderer. And, and so Cain knew the sin and the, and the retribution that he had to bear because he still would not hearken. He hardened himself to the point that even when God told him how to make a sacrifice and said, there is a sacrifice that lays outside the door, he wouldn't take it. Let's go back. Let's fast forward a little bit. When the children of Israel was in bondage to Egypt, and God was sent into plague. What was the one plague that he sent? It was the death angel. And what did he tell him to do? Take the blood and paint the lintels of your door. If I see the blood, I will pass over you. The sacrifice was at the door. He gave the same opportunity as Cain. Cain, the, the sacrifice is at the door. Will you take it? And he still rebelled against God. And he says, from this moment on, I am, I am wroth and I am marked. You know, sin will define you. Sin will mark you. Sin will take and not only destroy your soul, but it will destroy your very countenance. How many of you ever look at the, uh, uh, the newspapers when they print out the, the most wanted in Carroll County? And you look at some of these people that are in their 20s and look like they're in their 50s and 60s, all because of the, the abuses of their bodies that they put themselves through. Sin will destroy everything about you. Not just your, not just your heart and your soul, it'll destroy your countenance. It'll rob you of your family. It'll rob you of everything that you have. Ephesians 4 used to sing a song, Sin will take you farther. Then you want to go. Sometimes we don't know how far that journey will take you. How far did it take Cain? The Bible says that he was a vagabond all his life. Not that he laid his hands to prosper from that moment on. He would till the ground and come up with nothing. Nothing. How many of you are struggling today in your life and nothing seems to work for you? How many of you have applied so many things in your life that it seems like everything comes up empty? How many of you struggle in your daily life trying to make something work? And you feel like you're hitting a dead end? Maybe you need to think and change your thought process. 
Quit playing as victim. Come to Calvary and be a victor. See, that's what it takes. Every opportunity was afforded to Cain at that very moment. You know, everything and every time you've ever darkened a church door, you will give an account for every word you've ever heard that was true in your life. One day we sang, we sang a while ago about uh, waiting till, till when Jesus comes and our faith is changed from that moment to sight. When there's a judgment day that's coming for everyone. Every word of that you've ever heard preached will be reviewed before you. And you'll give an account for that. God's going to ask you, well, what did you do with that word that you heard? Did you apply it? Did you take it to heart or did you just throw it by the wayside and say, I'll take care of it later? You see where later God came. He got him a little farther away from home than he ever expected and never returned. You say, well, brother, I don't believe God will ever throw me away. God won't throw you away. But I'll tell you what, you can run away from God far enough that you can't find your way back. There is nowhere in the Bible where God ever says he would come after you more than one time. The Bible says, given unto every man a chance. And I'm the first person that can butcher English. But I know a chance is singular. If God taps on your heart more than one time, it's because of his grace. If God takes it and draws you more than one time, it's grace. Cain lost that opportunity. God knocked on his heart. God told him from the very beginning. And he didn't yield. And then when God came to him a second time and said, Cain, I've made a sacrifice out the door for you. Still didn't yield, and from that moment on, he was a marked man away from God. Church, I challenge you: don't don't let the world play into you. Don't play yourself to be a victim. Don't say I, I'm part of my circumstance and I can't get out of them. You can. You can't alone, but you can. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens. And you can do everything but fail with God on your side. You can do everything but lose if God is on your side. So I challenge you this morning. Take this word to heart and say, God, I want my life to be more than what it is because I need to be a victor and not a victim. God bless you.